Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. I'm with race director Lyle Anderson today. I am Colleen, your race announcer, and we are talking Glacier 2020, half marathon. Excited to be back. It's kind of crazy that I keep thinking we haven't been there for two years. Lyle, I mean, it's like the whole last year is just it's lost It's really on me. crazy. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually up in Jackson Hole right now, and as I was driving into town today, I was like, ah. I haven't been here for two years either. Like, yeah, it's weird that we missed this one last year, but it is weird, but we're glad to have things opening back up. And, you know, as we Mm -hmm. talk about Glacier and talk about the town of East Glacier and the town of Browning, Montana, where the the race takes place, that is the home of the Blackfeet Nation. And they had some real COVID-19 issues. They really were very shut down all last year. I mean, the east side of Glacier wasn't open at all, right? Yeah, 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 it it. I mean, they've actually been really smart with how they've been opening things back up in the the phase plan that they've laid out and stuff, and it's been really good. But it's also been really exciting for us to work with them and and to and to see the the progress and the success that they've had in uh, in you know um, safely uh, navigating through all of this. So, yeah, it really is a special place there in East Glacier, and the Blackfeet have such a a history in that area and they were the first people in that area and that the national park holds so much cultural significance for them. And oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. we really encourage you when you go there to learn more about the Blackfeet, learn more about their impact and their legacy in this area. And it really is amazing. We will have, I love how our race starts here in Glacier. We have them come out and they sing, they do their honor song and their victory song. And I have to tell you, Lyle, I kind of get teared up. I get a little emotional when I hear them (laughs) sing. There's something about it that you just know that, that there is something special in that area. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And we, and we love to be able to share that with the runners. And so do they, like it's, it's definitely something that uh, I feel like is mutually beneficial for all of us. And uh, and I love the relationship that we've uh, established with them. So really excited about it. And we're going to talk about the course in a little bit, but the course is on Blackfeet Nation property. This is the road that we run on. If you've been to Glacier before, you know what I'm talking about. It's a treat. I mean, this course is a oh, yeah. treat. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that you're going to get you'd get any better views if we actually ran in the park. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. And challenging and challenging it's at challenging. the same time. It's but challenging definitely, as well. Definitely it, worth it. You get up top of looking glass Hill and get to look out over two medicine Lake. It's like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. It, it's pretty incredible on this course. So we'll talk about the course in just a few minutes, but we've got about 2,500 runners that we're expecting for our Glacier Weekend. 48 states are represented, three different countries. We've got 20 teams coming. But this is what I think is the most interesting, Lyle, is only about a quarter of our racers are first-timers. Oh, that's that's music to my ears right there. Just I a mean, bunch it's of nice, veterans. It's nice, it's, nice having, it's nice having all the first-timers and stuff, too, but it also is really fun to see all the familiar faces coming back and to see, and to see so many people, you know, coming with us and running, you know, race after race. I love it. 
Yeah, so it's going to be great. We're going to have a big family reunion there at Glacier. 70% of our runners, though, have never been to Glacier. This will be their first visit. So you're definitely in for a treat. We'll talk a little more about the park and how to access the park as well. But let's start with Bib Pickup. Lyle, where's the location of Bib Pickup? What is the time frame? What's it going to look like when we get there on Friday? So we're going to be doing a drive-through bid pickup, which is kind of something that we've been doing quite a bit this last year. Uh, it works really good, um, but really uh, um, the the key to making it uh, run smooth for everybody is to just is to just um, stagger it throughout the day. So uh, the the main times to be leery of is right when bid pickup first starts, which is at 9 a.m. and uh, and right towards the end, which is going to be at 7 p.m. So you know, anytime throughout the day, just come on over. We'll, uh, we'll drive, we'll drive you through our, uh, our drive through bid pickup, which is going to be at the Indian days campground in Browning. It's actually right next to the, uh, Glacier Peaks Casino there in, uh, there Browning. So we'll, uh, we'll loop everybody through. It's a really big, um, area that they use for their powwows and different things throughout the year. And so, there's lots of room to get everybody off the street and loop you through the, uh, the field and, and get you, get you, uh, over to pick up your bibs. We're going to also, in addition to having our bib pickup, we will have our merchandise tent set up there so that if you, uh, feel so inclined to stop and, and park your car and walk over to the merchandise tent, we'll have uh, some merchandise there that you can look through and buy and, uh, and yeah, we're super excited about it. It's going to go really good. Yeah, so drive through goes really smoothly. The things that will help you guys as you're waiting in the drive through line, make sure you have your IDs ready. Make sure you have your QR code that's been emailed yep. to you with your bib number and all your information. So QR code, your identification, that helps. You can also tune into our FM channel where we'll be doing all of our announcements and things like that on 95.1. So those things all help when you're coming to drive through bib pickup. Correct. Correct. And um, yeah, the QR codes uh, that you just mentioned, just so everybody knows, we'll be emailing those out the week of the race. So as you're listening to this podcast, don't be don't be worrying, thinking, oh, crap, I haven't got that QR code. Where do I find that QR code? Don't worry about it. We will be sending those out the week of the race. And so it's it's going to be at the uh, forefront of your emails from us. So you're not having to search back through all of them. So yeah. So and if you don't have the QR code, We'll accommodate you with your ID anyway, so we'll we'll make yeah. it work. But you can—it's almost just as—it's almost just as easy to just type in your name. But uh, but the QR code definitely makes it really really fast, so. really slick using some of our technology. Mm-hmm. And like oh, Lyle yeah. said, you're going to be able to park and go shop at the merchandise. But during the bid pickup section, you will need to make sure that you are in your car for that. We're not accepting any walk-up traffic. Is that right? As far as bid pickup? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With the, they're not allowing us to facilitate that. So you are welcome to walk over and shop through the, uh, the merchandise tent, but, uh, but you will need to stay in your car to pick up your bib. And I think we need to pay particular concern to the area and, and be really respectful of the people there as we are visiting and, you know, they don't know if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated or if you want to wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask. We just ask that you you really take those precautions as we are visiting these tribal lands. And we, we want to keep them in the position to stay open because they need exactly. people coming. They need the tourism on East Glacier. That is why that area is there. And that's why they're successful is they, they need you to be there. But we also need to be considerate. So wear your mask, bring a couple extra masks with you and uh, 
you know, keep your distance, but go also and shop and go to the grocery store and visit some of their restaurants and help them out a little bit with their commerce side of things. So exactly. So bit pickup is going to be great. Uh, some people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard to find. Browning is not large. Um, you're not going to have a problem <laughs> no. finding this. No, it's going to no, be fine. We'll, we'll have, and we'll have signage there to kind of direct you where you need to go. So it, sh- it, it should flow pretty easily. Um, just roll your window like, down and you'll probably just hear us. So. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not, it's going to be really easy to find once you get into, uh, into Browning and Browning is, is the town where the tribe, that's where the tribe headquarters is and everything like that. And then East Glacier is another, is it an actual town, Lyle? Like East Glacier, is it a town or is it part of Browning? Uh-huh. Okay. No, it's 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 a town. Yeah. Okay, and it's just a few minutes away, about ten minutes down the road, and that's where our finish line is going to be. And we'll talk about our finish line once yeah, we get about, there. About eleven miles. Yeah. What's fueling your race? Is nature powering your run? Nature's sunshine puts the power of nature into your hands with world-class herbs and supplements, protein powders, and active nutrition formulas designed to keep you healthy for the long haul. With nearly 50 years of expertise and an impeccable reputation for excellence in the natural health industry, we're proud to partner with Vacation Races to offer you 15% off your order. Just use promo code NSPVR at checkout. That's NSPVR. Live better, climb higher, dream bigger, dig deeper. And power your game with the power of nature at naturesunshine.com. Let's kind of shift into Saturday with race start. You need to take a shuttle to the start line. Yeah, all, all runners are going to need to be shuttled from the, the same. So it's going to actually be the same area that we're using for bid pickup, the same field that we're pulling all you guys in to, to loop you through is where parking is going to be on race morning. So it'll make it uh, really convenient for you guys when you come pick up your bib, because then you'll know where we're going to be parking everybody the next morning. So uh, parking lots going to open at four 30 on, uh, on Saturday morning. And uh, we will have um, bib pickup available for anybody who's unable to get in Friday to pick up their bib. Um, so if, if you're, if you're looking for race morning bib pickup, we will have it available. It will be in Browning right next to the shuttle pickup. So before you get on the uh, shuttle, we'll have a bib pickup tent right there next to the shuttle loading where you can pick up your bib. And that'll be starting at four 30 in the morning as well on Saturday. And you can't be dropped off at the start outside of on the shuttle. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's, there's not like an area to uh, facilitate a bunch of cars trying to pull up there and park and the, and the police will have the road and the traffic control will have the road closed down. So um, just do us a favor. And if you're going to get dropped off, get dropped off in Browning, jump on a bus. Uh, It's going to be the best way for all of us to facilitate getting everybody to the starting line. And then, uh, yeah. And it'll just keep everybody running smooth. So we get a bunch of cars trying to park, trying to drop off at the start, then it just messes up our buses trying to drop off and get turned around and just becomes a, becomes a bit of a nightmare. And so. this start line truly is just in the road. I mean, we are on a, a main road and that's basically where the start line is. We use some of the shoulder and things, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just not, you cannot be dropped off at the start line. So just get dropped Correct. off at the, where bib pickup was right there. Um, and you'll right by the museum and you'll be good to go. You'll get on that shuttle mass required on the shuttle. Lyle? Yep. Yep. Masks will be required on the shuttle. 
uh, masks will be required anywhere where we're congregating. Um, but you don't need to wear them once we get started running, but, uh, but yeah, so you'll just need to make sure you keep the mask on you. And then, uh, right as we start, uh, feel free to take it off, put it in your pack or in your pocket or something like that. Um, but then again, when, after we finish, you'll need to put it back on to jump back on the buses to head back to the same, same area that you parked your car. So we'll have shuttles running after the race as well. Yeah. From, back to your from the finish line. So we'll, we'll take care of you. We'll shuttle you all the way around. But you do need to take a shuttle. Don't think, oh, well, I'll just get dropped off. It'll be fine. No, you don't want to do that. It's it's not right. going to work to your advantage. Right. And when, right. Unless you're getting dropped off at the sure. shuttle loading place, yeah. then that's that 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 works great. Less cars to park and uh, and everything runs smooth. But we'll start loading shuttles at 450 um, and uh, get you shuttled over to the starting line. Uh, and then uh, and it's just going to be in uh, kind of an open rolling start. Once we get everybody there, uh, we'll do our um, runners will line up at uh, about 530. We'll do our national anthem and the Blackfeet are going to be there also to do their honor song and their and their uh, victory song um, in conjunction with our national anthem at the start. And then uh, we'll get our, our start, our uh, first group, the dark green wave will be starting at 545 and it will be followed right by the blue wave at 6 a.m. So let's, then, before we go on from the dark green wave, can you kind of explain what the dark green wave is, who that is in that dark green wave? Right, right. The, the dark green wave is basically everybody that has, uh, is planning to walk the race. So it's that, that slowest group of, of runners that have uh, said they're going to be close to that four hour uh, time, time frame when you, when you uh, registered and you selected your estimated finish time. Uh, so anybody who's in that uh, and it'll, it'll be on your bib and, uh, kind of, you know, letting you know, which, uh, which wave you've been assigned to, but, uh, that's going to be the dark green wave just so we can get you started a little bit sooner. Um, and then the competitive waves will be starting at 6am starting with the blue wave. Okay. So that blue wave is going to be the competitive wave that's going out. So if you're running for overall awards, you want to be in the blue wave. That's the wave that you're going to be in. And then the waves are just going to kind of keep going. What about staying in the waves, Lyle? Do we have to stay in the wave that we're assigned to? The, this really flows well if everybody parks and loads the buses based on their wave assignment. Um, but if you're like a husband and wife and, you, you know, one of you is planning to run in the blue wave and another one's, you know, assigned to run in the pink wave. Well, you don't need to drive two separate cars and take two separate buses. Like you guys can ride together and like, well, that's fine. We're not going to police that um, in that regard. But um, <clears throat> the, the more cooperation we get, the less congested the parking situation gets and the less congested, you know, the line getting on the buses gets and everything. So like the idea is to try and stagger everything out. So the more cooperation we get, the better all that flows. So yeah, so we really ask that you stay in that wave that you're assigned to. It's gonna, it's just gonna help with that whole thing. If you have any questions about your wave assignments and what time your wave assignment is assigned to load the buses and what time your start time is gonna be, look on page six on the printed race guide or the electronic race guide, and you can see that little table that's all broken down depending on which wave you're in. Because you have that loading the shuttle bus assignment, you have a parking assignment, you have all that information. So it really right. makes it super easy for you to navigate that. And these rolling starts have worked really nicely because they're really low key. I mean, you just kind of right. get off the shuttle. You can take your time to go to the bathroom and get yourself. Maybe you want a cup of hot chocolate or a hot coffee before you leave. 
and you can kind of just kind of get yourself rolling rather than a big mass start that everybody's right. fighting but once for. Once we once we start that blue wave, it's just pretty much going to be just an open rolling start from there until we get the last group started. So as your bus shows up, um, like there's not going to be any reason to to linger around the starting line. Like Colleen said, go use the bathroom, do what you need to do, and then whenever you're ready to start, just go make your way over to the starting line and and uh, begin your race. Like I said, it's just going to be a, a steady uh, trickle of runners um, from that point on. But And it's going to be pretty cold. It generally is, generally speaking, pretty cold at this race at the start. We start at an elevation of about 5,000 feet. And I, w- I always find it interesting because Glacier National Park looks like you're in the Rockies in Colorado. We look like we're in Estes Park. You think you're way up high in the mountains, but actually your elevation is not as high as you would think it is. You think you're at 10,000 feet, but you're really at 5,000 feet. But it is still really far north, and it is kind of a cold start. But we will have gear drop bags available for you right there at the start line. And then once you start running, we will also at the first aid station have a loose clothing drop for you. So if you have some extra clothes that you're wearing, we can facilitate getting those to the finish line for you from the start. And then you can drop some loose clothing on the course. So... Uh, just Correct. so, so dress, just warm. I'm bringing my snow pants for sure. Just in case you never know. <laughs> I was, I was doing some, uh, race joy. We'll, we'll give a little plug for our race joy app. I was doing some research for our race joy app. Cause I record all these fun little messages and information about the park that goes onto our race joy app. So if you're using the app, you'll get these fun audio tour things while you're going on your run. And, um, they said that the most extreme temperature swing ever recorded was in Browning. It swung a hundred degrees in 24 hours in Browning. What? Yes. Wow. Can you believe that? hundred, a hundred degrees. Yes. A hundred degrees in 24 hours. So wow. I, I was going to say like, I've been in Bryce Canyon when it's, when it's been like, you know, a hundred plus degrees in the day and then down below freezing at night. Yeah. But- not a hundred degree swing. That's crazy. It was a hundred degrees. Some apparently the way that the Rockies are, the way that the continental divide is in this area just causes very extreme weather. So when you come to Glacier, always come prepared. We're hoping for a beautiful weekend and it's generally been pretty mild, but uh, we've had some sprinkles and rain on this course, but it just makes everything more beautiful because it's so green and absolutely amazing up there. So so you dress well, Colleen, I'm not, I'm not bringing my snow pants. You're not I bringing will, your snow I'll pants. Definitely, I'll definitely appreciate that you have your snow pants. Well, that? remember the muddy year. I definitely needed my, <laughs> my snow pants on the muddy year, but <laughs> <laughs> so just make sure you have what you need. We'll have gear check available for you and that loose clothing drop once you get on the course. So once everybody's out on the course aisle, they've got a five mile climb and it's one of my favorite climbs. I love it. It really, it, it looks more intimidating than yes, it actually is. I Once agree. you start running it, it's like, it's like, I mean, it looks like it's this crazy steep uphill, but it's, it's really not that bad. It's, it's, I mean, it, it is an uphill climb, yeah. but, uh, but like I said earlier, once you get to the top of that hill and you're looking out over to medicine, it's like, okay, that yeah. was awesome. And then it's all pretty much downhill, smooth sailing the rest of the way. From yeah. There, there's so. some, there's some rollers towards the end of the course, but the first five miles are uphill, but like Lyle was saying, it's really runnable. It really is. It's nothing that's really pitchy. It's not really steep there. There's really nothing that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so steep. Um, it's really, really runnable. I think I was looking at our course records for this, t- this race 
and like a 112 is the course record. So that just tells you that, you know, these hills are very manageable. And on the other side of them, you've got plenty of downhill and some rollers towards the end. I will say from mile 10 on, you do have rollers. There's a couple of little pitchy, yeah. short, couple hundred feet climbs that you will like notice. Right, right around mile 11, there's a yeah. pretty good, there's a pretty good little hill that you got to climb. We're like, wait, I thought you said all downhill. So we're going on record right now telling you it's not all the way downhill yeah. from mile five on. Okay. It's pretty much all downhill, <laughs> but like Colleen said, you there, have some rollers. There's so. some rollers towards the end. And when you got 10, 11 miles on your legs, you're like, Hey, Lyle said it was all downhill. <laughs> so you can talk to him. I'm the one who's telling you save your legs for towards the end. Nerding out on data, perfecting the optimal training and nutrition plan, aiming for progression in PRs. Sound like you? Well, Gnarly Nutrition can relate. Featuring a full line of honest sports nutrition products, Gnarly provides the best nutrition possible for all types of mountain athletes. Because they offer great tasting and reputable products, Vacation Races trust Gnarly to be the on-course hydration sponsor. With the low-calorie, high-electrolyte Gnarly Hydrate for shorter races and the calorie, electrolyte, and amino acid-filled Gnarly Fuel 2.0 for longer races. Gnarly is here, taking the bonking out of your big day. Use code vacation 15 during checkout at gonarly.com for 15% off. Tell me about the course, Lyle, as far as aid stations. We got six aid stations out there. What's the offerings of the aid stations? So if you've ran with us in the past, it's, it's the same as any of our other races. We'll have water, gnarly, uh, electrolyte drink, um, and then, uh, honey stinger gels at all the aid stations. At our mile seven and 11 aid stations, we'll also have some cut up bananas and oranges for you. Um, and then like Colleen was saying earlier, that first aid station, which is near our mile three, it's not at the mile three flag, Ish. just to be clear. Ish. Um, <laughs> at yeah, the aid every, station, every, not the flag. Every, every, you know, every time I always have to get after Colleen, because if we say mile three, people think, oh, mile three, I'm throwing my clothes here. Nope. We'll no. have a, a place for you to discard and we'll have some signage there. Like this is where you can discard your clothing. It will be at that first aid station. So not okay. at the first set of toilets, but at the first aid station. So your vo the volunteers uh, will help take the clothing for you. So yep. if there's yep. no volunteers so, there and just porta potties or just a flag, don't drop anything. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like if you want it returned to you, put it where we have clothing drops. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll have some clothing drop at that first aid station and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So this area Lyle is known for its wildlife, especially mm -hmm. it's mammal wildlife. So we were driving down the last time we were there, we were yeah, driving got otters and beavers. There's lots, be of beavers. lots of, you love beavers. Beavers are like, <laughs> his, it's Lyle's favorite animal because they're into all this agriculture and they build like things and communities. They're, they're, he loves far, they're farmers. They're farmers of their environment. Yeah, no, they, it, it's they, great. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But on this course, you might see things a little larger than a, you know, beaver or so when we were coming down looking glass. Pro um, probably not. Probably, probably not. not you but probably. you might see a moose or something. But we were coming down looking glass uh, back from the race. We were headed up to, I think, uh, St. Mary's or something. And... I kid you not, a giant tail, it was like four inches around, jumped into the underbrush. And I was like, that was a mountain lion. I've never seen one before. <laughs> I am positive 
we saw a back end of a mountain lion. It was so cool. Colleen, but, Colleen tends to exaggerate a little bit. So no, that this might was, be, we were she driving. Been, we were driving. She might've been a little sleep deprived that day. No, so she it's, might not. <laughs> you're, it's going to be fine out on the course. I personally have run this course alone and with one other person multiple times. And we have been totally fine. Um, we've not yeah. seen anything. We were in the car when we saw this uh, cougar tail sighting. I swear it was one. It was the coolest tail I've ever seen. It was so thick. But he wanted nothing maybe it was to a, do with us. Maybe it was a Bigfoot just like waving, uh, waving some sort been. of like Our Sasquatch in Montana? I don't know. Where are Sasquatches? They could be anywhere. That is true. Did you hear they put a bounty on Sasquatch? They put no, a bounty on the bounty. The bounty's like three million dollars, but you have to dead keep... or alive. No, they don't want you to kill him. They want to study him. So alive. So they okay. want you got to bring him. You got to capture him and bring him alive so they can study him. Three million dollars. I'm just saying, might be worth it. I think Sasquatch could probably kill you before you could capture him alive. I don't think so. he's that mean. He hasn't killed a lot of people to this point in time. Why is he going to start well, now? That we, that we, no, he probably just takes him to his his, uh, his other lair. dimensions. His other dimensions. Because oh, he, he's an interdimensional being. So He is. I am learning <laughs> so much here. I digress. You may that's see. What I, that's, what, that's what I saw like some YouTube video oh one time. Oh my gosh, of like, course you did. They're trying to, why, why haven't they found any Sasquatch bodies? Because they're interdimensional beings and oh they bring them to their gosh, other dimensions. You've got to so. stop doing things late at night on YouTube. <laughs> it doesn't go down a good <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, speaking of rabbits, but you're, you're going to be safe on the course. I'm going to go back to the large mammals. You're, we're not going to have any bears. We're going to, we make sure that you guys are taken care of. We've got staff out there. Um, you don't need to run with bear spray. It's going to be fine. Our aid stations will have, but you can, but, but you, you can, can if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely not a, a terrible idea. It's not necessary, but it's not a terrible yeah. idea. So, yeah. And so it, it was funny the first time I went to run this course and I was alone. It was early in the morning. I was alone. And I was leaving the, the glacier park lodge and I was, I said to the guy, Hey, I, I'm going up on looking glass. You think I'll be fine just to be running on my own. He's like, do you have bear spray? And I was like, yeah. I was like, no, I don't. And he went and grabbed me some and got them. But again, I wasn't in a large group. I was by myself. But um, if you right. want to run with it, you can. But we're going to keep you safe. It's going to be fine. Right. Staff's going to be driving and, up and down the road. And yeah, I was going to say the just to put everybody's minds at ease. We do have the um, fishing game uh, officers that will be patrolling the course. Uh, and before the race, they actually drive up and down the course firing scatter rounds just to just to make sure that if there is anything in the area that we that they scare them off so and then they'll just keep patrolling back and forth along the course during the race to make sure that everything's safe because you may not know but they know where these bears are they they do yeah they know where they are they have a really good feel on where these bears like to hang out and where their dens are and things like that. So uh, they may seem like they just pop out of nowhere to us, but these guys who work this area, they know where they are. So, I mean, I know where they're at too. Do I, you? I was, pe- I was, yeah, I was petting one the last time. We were you should here, so never was... approach a bear. It's a hundred feet from a bear, a hundred yards from I, the bear. I had some Swedish fish in my hand. No, was, this is a bad idea. It. This is a terrible idea. Him while he was eating you Swedish should fish. never do this at all. If you They're, see a bear. It was better than gummy bears. I didn't want him to like, feel like a cannibal. Or you like should that, back so away from a bear very, very quietly. <laughs> make yourself very large. 
and you're going to be fine. I had to check our bear spray today to make sure it hadn't expired yet because we've had it for yeah, a while. It does, it does expire. It does expire and you never use it. I mean, you know, I think 99.9% well, of bear spray never gets used. And so we have this can that we have literally had for like six years. It expires this year. So we think we're okay. Imagine if, and you, if you're flying, if you're flying up to the race, yes. then you're probably not gonna be able to take it anyways. No, so. you can't take it home with you. You end up leaving it there and all the TSA agents get to use your bear spray when they go hiking in Glacier <laughs> National Park. They must have tons. Yeah. So we're going to take maybe care you can, maybe of you. Maybe you can pick it up at a discount at the airport if you fly. If you're I wonder. In, so. That's maybe the place to go to pick up bear spray. I, know. I just thought of that as we got talking it's, about it. It's so. actually kind of expensive. So it's that might be the place <laughs> to really be. Expensive. Well, it's a, they take advantage of us who don't understand. <laughs> They're like, yes, you need bear spray when you're on the boardwalks and, you know, uh, <laughs> at the visitor center. Uh, it's like, no, you need it when you're in the backcountry. But... Bear spray is fine if you want to carry it. We're going to take good care of you out on the course. You're not going to see anything but beautiful views. That's what we hope. And it's going to be great. The The end of this race, I love, Lyle, because it's at that, mm. that Glacier Park Lodge. And that lodge, did you know, was built in 1913? I, I did know that. In fact, I know that because you stayed there and you told me oh. all about the cool history of that hotel. Yeah, you stayed there. we did stay there. If you stay there, just realize there's no air conditioning. There are no televisions for your children. <laughs> and the bathrooms have been retrofitted onto the 1913 construction. It's fine. It's it's really unique. Um it's just just know that it is a lodge. And if you get a chance to go inside, you really should go inside and see because the logs that they built it with. Oh, my gosh. It's really like it's, an architectural yeah, marvel. Like, it's amazing. The inside is absolutely gorgeous. So make sure to check that out. It was um, actually it, it's not owned by the National Park. It was the Great Northern Railway who actually originally built it for tourism purposes. So they have. They actually built all the lodges in the glacier area just so that they could bring more tourists up there for the railroad. Thought that was yeah. Kind of there's a train depot right next to it. There so is a train depot, out. and my husband is always like, "Let's get on it and let's just go to Chicago." How cool would it I be? Know. Just go to Chicago. I always, I always say the same thing. I'm like, I want to ride the train. It'd be so fun. I know. My husband every time he's like, "You know, we have like a week. Why don't we just go someplace else?" <laughs> Because it would be kind of cool to be able to do that. But yeah, it the train goes goes right through there. So the course is great. It ends on the lawn right there in front of the lodge. Spectators, Lyle. Tell me the deal with spectators. Unfortunately, no spectators are going to be allowed this year. Um, again, we're still we're still trying. Like I said earlier, the the black feet are kind of still in their early phases of getting things reopened. So uh things are still, you know being tightly regulated and uh and we're definitely being cautious um with you know group sizes and, and congregating and so um <clears throat> we submitted a uh a covid operating plan to them and uh that was one of the things that we agreed to in our operating plan is that uh uh we would not have spectators so you know uh that many uh fewer people congregating, adding to the congregating, uh, at the start and the finish line and, and things of that nature. And so, yeah. So your spectators can track you on the race joy app. The race joy has been great. Um, we were using it just barely at Bryce Canyon ultra. We were there and I had people come up to me and be like, race joy was great. They loved it. And so your spectators, they need to download race joy. You have race joy. 
And then they'll be able to, when you start it, when you start your race, you'll start your race joy app, just like you would any other tracking app. And then your spectators will log in and they'll be able to see where you're at. So they'll be able to send you cheers and things like that. And like I said, we have some messaging built in. That's really fun as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. So get the race joy app before you get there, download that and make sure your spectators have it as well. Mile 12, there is a cutoff at mile 12. Can you kind of explain that cutoff and and really what that situation is going to look like? Yeah. So, um, like we were saying earlier, you know, the, uh, um, the courses on a, on a highway that uh, goes up and overlooking glass hills, it's a, it's a, uh, a scenic road that a lot of people really like to drive and they close it down for us completely, uh, through the duration of the event. Um, and so obviously at some point we have to get the road back opened up. And so, all, you know, all the runners will have, uh, four hours to complete the race from when the last runner started. Um, but we do have to put a hard cutoff in place at uh, the mile 12 uh, turn off, right where we turn off of the highway onto the golf course. And so basically what that means is that you're going to have three hours and 40 minutes for uh, that last, that last person basically. So um, which means that if you started the race by 9 a.m., you have until 1240 to meet, to reach that, uh, that cutoff at the, uh, the, the turnoff there to the golf course. So by 1240, the road has to be opened back up. And so we have to make sure that everybody is off of the road. So if you're behind that, uh, that cutoff time, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to pick you up and, uh, and get you off the road. So, okay. So that's, and it should be a really, um, easy cutoff to make just because with the rolling start and things like that, we're starting those runners who want to walk and have some extra time. We're starting them early. Remember this cutoff time doesn't start until the last runner starts. So, so it should be, don't be too concerned about it. I think everybody's going to be in a great position for it. So. Right. As I say, yeah, if, if, if everybody's going off of their, their assigned waves, like Colleen said, the, 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 the green wave, which would be the, the the walkers and the slower the slower pace time will be starting actually first and so uh, anybody that that is running in their respected waves um, should have plenty of time to make that cut off time so yeah so you'll be you'll be good to go it is such a beautiful finish line and we look forward to to welcoming you there and just a reminder with COVID nineteen whenever you are in groups you have to have a mask on the there is a mask mandate still in place on the Blackfeet Nation and so please mm-hmm. make sure to have those masks when you come across the finish line just have it in your pack or something like that so that you can put it back on and shuttles you must have a mask on when you're going inside to different places to go see in Browning and in East Glacier you've got to have a mask on as well so just just make yeah. sure to have that on and. Uh, we don't want to be the mask police, but you guys can police yourself and you know, you know, to use that. So. Yeah, they do. They do have some dine-in options that are available. And and so obviously, like Colleen said, uh, when, when you are, you know, entering and exiting the building, you'll need to have a mask on, but then of course you can take it off when you're seated. So, yeah. So just be, just be mindful of that and uh, bring those masks along with you. Um, just so that we can be compliant with everybody up there because, we, you know, we're just happy to be there this year and it's going to be exciting. And when we talk about exploring the park and things like that as well, there are other restrictions going on in the park as far as the going to the Sun Road. If you know anything about Glacier, 
National Park, there is one road that goes from east to west. It's called the Going to the Sun Road. That is requiring a ticketed entry at this point. If you don't have a ticket at this point, I don't think there is one available. I just was looking for availability and I'm not finding any. I don't think they actually release a day of tickets um, like some other national parks do. So you might want to do some double checking on recreation.gov because in order to drive going to the Sun Road, um, that's going to be impacted by that ticketing system. But if you do have a ticket, it's good for seven days. So you kind of won the lottery on that one. So <laughs> that's kind that's pretty good. But um, outside of that, there there are ways that you can go around. You can go around to the West Glacier side using the different highway. You can go up to the Bab area. You can go up to St. Mary's. You can um, go to Many Glacier, and there's some great hiking at those areas as well. Um, and staying off yeah. of the going and, to Sunday. And it's- and it's a little more off the beaten path yeah. and, uh, and beautiful. Yeah, we really like the Many Glacier area. There's some great mm-hmm. hikes up there. Um, it's, it is on that east side, really close to the Canadian border. I don't think the Canadian border is open right now because I was going to say, go up to Waterton if you want. Just, you know, if you have a couple hours to go up to Waterton yeah. because Glacier is actually an international peace park between Canada and Um, the United States because Glacier National Park actually extends over the border. And we went to Waterton a few years ago and it was really cool, but I don't believe the Canadian border is open at this point. So um, still some, still some restrictions. And if it it was, it's only about a four hour drive up to Banff, which is another amazing uh, place to go see too. Yeah. We actually did that little, little route when we were doing all our vacation races events, we, we drove up to Banff and Calgary and then came back through Waterton. It really is a cool area to explore. There is so much glacier is absolutely huge and mm-hmm. it, you're just going to love it. You're going to love the course. You're going to love the area. Um, do realize that it's, it's small. East Glacier is a really tiny area. Uh, there's one Mexican food place that everybody wants to go and eat at. So that's called <laughs> Serrano's. We try to go every time. Just go at off times, kind of like our bib pickup. Try to go at off yeah. times so that uh, you don't overwhelm them because it is a small town with very limited services there. But with that limited services comes these amazing views and this amazing course and this coordination that we have with the Blackfeet Nation. So it's going to be good stuff. Uh, Spark app. I forgot the Sparks Challenge app. We got to download that as well. That's going to give you all sorts of ideas of things that you can do and earn some extra swag by earning some points by doing all these fun activities. So Sparks Challenge app, make sure to download that along with Race Joy. Those are the two apps you're going to need. And uh, can you think of anything else that we're missing about this Glacier National Park, Lyle? No, just just that it's, uh, I mean, kind of going back to what we were saying when we started this recording is that we're super excited to be back there. Uh, the Blackfeet are excited to have our event back this year. Um, you know, we've all, you know, through this last year, we've all had to like make some sacrifices and miss out on some things. And it's just really nice and exciting to see things opening back up and to be able to go back and see some of these places that we had to miss last year. And so um, just enjoy your experience, your race, take lots of pictures, share them with us. Um we're, we love, we love being able to share in the journey with you guys and, and, you know, get on, get on Facebook and Instagram and different social media platforms and be able to, um, look at, look at what you've uh, shared using the hashtags and stuff. So the hashtag for this race is uh, glacier half. Um, so make sure and make and sure to share use that it. Stuff. Yes. Make sure to use it and, uh, show us uh, even beyond the race. We love to see your vacations. That's what this is all about. 
is bringing out there with your friends and your family and uh, really going and exploring these beautiful places. That's why we do it. We may not have the easiest courses, like this course is not the easiest course, but we promise it will be beautiful and we promise we'll take you to a great area that you've probably never been to before. So I'm excited to go up there. It's again, it's kind of crazy that we haven't been there for two years. If you are new to vacation races, I encourage you to go into our podcast and we have a another podcast that's a welcome, kind of an orientation podcast. So if you've never done vacation races before, you don't know what we're all about. We're a little bit different. We're a little bit unique and we love that. And that's what we talk about in this welcome podcast. So make sure to go hit that up. It's only about 25 minutes long and you'll get all the details of the nuts and bolts of what's different about vacation races and some things that will help you along the way as you're navigating your first race with us. So go listen to that. And uh, yeah, well, it's going to be good. You have a great time up there in Grand Teton. I'm going to be joining you tomorrow. And then we're going to do Excellent. Yellowstone and then swing up to this glacier half. It's going to be an amazing month of June. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. That's how we do it right here with Vacation Races. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.